Now, Asia First on CNA 938. We head on over to Europe now because today is uh, the start of the Munich Security Conference, which is going to be held over three days. Some 50 heads of state and government, along with over 100 ministers, including Singapore's Defence Minister, Ng Eng Hen, are expected to attend. And the conference comes at a sensitive time when geopolitical tensions have reached new heights. Out of the war in Gaza between Israel and Hamas, Iran's proxy militias are wreaking havoc around the Middle East, resulting in disruptions to global trade and shipping and attacks by Houthis. That's right. Well, the renewed but fragile relations between the US and China are also an influencing factor, while reports of Russia's plans to launch nuclear weapons into space add to global concerns. For more now, we welcome to Asia First, Professor Klaus Lares, who is the Professor of History and International Affairs at UNC Chapel Hill. He's also a fellow at the Wilson Center in Washington, D.C. Professor Lares, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Asia First on CNA 938. Uh, last year's conference had the shadow of the Russia-Ukraine war dominate the agenda this year, another war, the Israel-Hamas conflict that has since spread regionally across parts of the Middle East. How will this influence the way participants conduct business at this year's conference? Yeah, it will be a very difficult conference. Um, it is one of the largest security and defense uh, conferences in the world. And there will be many prime ministers and foreign ministers, many defense secretaries, and they will have plenty uh, to talk about. But above all, I think the beginning of the conference, at least, will be overshadowed by the remarks of Donald Trump, who said that if he were pre uh, president again, he would not come to the aid of a NATO member if that uh, NATO member was attacked and hadn't paid up to uh, uh, and supported its uh, own defense budget. And that has caused a lot of stir round about the world, and it will certainly be discussed and in Europe, I think perhaps uh, that is the difference between American commentators and European commentators. In Europe, Trump is almost sure to be elected president again. In the United States, people are more dubious about that. But in Europe, they are really expecting the worst from their point of view. And uh, Professor, with, with leaders, of course, in different camps, how do you think the, the security conference will facilitate a path to easing some of the fundamental disagreements which which are apparent um, the conference is useful for the public talks which will be given for the uh, speeches and statements but above all the so-called spirit of munich uh, and, um, a spirit of engagement co and cooperation uh, will be in the corridors and on the sidelines of the conference and i think that is the real value that all these prime ministers and foreign ministers and other officials can actually talk to each other uh, when they normally wouldn't meet or would only meet with a lot of spectacle under the light of cameras. In Munich, you know, in the corridors of that big hotel, Bayerischer Hof, they can talk to each other away from the public limelight. And that may resolve some of the conflicts. Of course, we should not expect a major breakthrough regarding the Ukraine war or the Gaza war. This is hardly likely. But Perhaps some re uh, reconciliation, some rapprochement between the warring parties can be achieved. And that already would be uh, progress. As we pointed out, there are a number of conflicts taking place around the world, perhaps even vying for attention, vying for that spotlight. Um, the war in 
Ukraine, the war in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas. Which one do you think, and also tensions in the Indo-Pacific, not to forget that as well, um, which one do you think will dominate the agenda, despite all this all this competition for attention? Yes, uh, this is a very true competition for attention. Uh, we have so many wars, you know, it is very sad indeed. But considering that the Munich Security Conference takes place in Europe, in the uh, in Germany, in the middle of Europe, I think the Ukraine war will probably dominate, not least because there is serious concern that the American Congress will not pass uh, more money uh, and agree to more money being given by the United States to uh, the Ukraine war effort. And that is of a serious concern. The Europeans themselves have recently passed an over 50 billion uh, uh, aid package for Ukraine. They're still waiting for the American Congress to do something similar. And that is very disconcerting because we all know, at least uh, we all think, to know that uh, Ukraine urgently requires that additional aid, otherwise it will lose the war against Russia. Uh, for Europeans, of course, the Gaza war is also very sad, particularly Germany feels it has a special uh, responsibility to Israel because of the Holocaust of the past and the Nazi policy. And it is a strong supporter of Israel. But at the same time, there is, of course, serious concern that, as President Biden expressed it, that Israel is going over the top, that it's... Um, uh, uh, attacks uh, in Gaza are unproportional and that, that something needs to be done about that. And at the moment, the situation in Rafah, where apparently another attack of Israel is coming to clear out uh, the Hamas terrorists, that is disconcerting to everyone because where should all these civilians go? Many women and children have no way to go and they may well be in the line of fire. So something needs to be done about that and that clearly will be discussed. Mm. And, and Professor, let's go to Iran now. Now, in 2022, they the country was banned from attending after protests that saw hundreds killed and thousands imprisoned. And this year, Iran was not invited again, no doubt due to its involvement in the Gaza war. Does Iran mind at all? I mean, can we expect minimal repercussions? I'm not sure that there will be repercussions, but I wonder whether it was all that wise, because such a conference is, of course, only sensible if uh, the participants talk to each other, even people who don't like each other, who are enemies. And that is the value of such a conference, to bring both friends and enemies together and, uh, you know, talk and perhaps find some sort of way forward. With Iran not being there, that cannot be done. Iran is a very important country in the Middle East. It's a very dubious country. It has its fingers in all sorts of wars and crises. Uh, and also the uh, Iranian nuclear treaty is uh, was meant to be uh, negotiated some years ago. And it is, uh, you know, the uh, Iranian nuclear um, ambitions are on hold at the moment regarding uh, containing that ambition. Uh, so with Iran being absent, that will not be helpful to uh, help uh, or resolve the crisis in the Middle East. Um, that actually can be doubted whether that was a wise policy not to invite Iran. Russia has also not been invited, and I think that is totally understandable. How can it be possible to invite uh, uh, an aggressor country which has clearly invaded a neighboring country and is uh, bombarding that country almost daily with many, many uh, civilian uh, victims? So I think that is perfectly understandable that Russia hasn't been invited. Regarding Iran, I think one should have invade, invited uh, Iran. 
Well, one person who will be there is China's top diplomat Wang Yi. He will be attending. Now, based on China's relations with Iran, could China be further pressed at the conference to exercise a firmer stance on its actions in the Middle East? China wants to be a mediator, at least a cautious mediator. It sees itself as having an important voice in world affairs and also in the Middle East. At the same time, Chinese foreign policy proceeds very cautiously. It doesn't want to get uh, embarrassed or humiliated. It doesn't want to suffer any defeats. Clearly, pressure will be put on China to uh, have a word with Putin, because China and uh, Russia are close, if not allies, at least close partners. And the same applies, of course, as you said, to Iran. So I'm sure Western politicians will ask uh, the Chinese foreign minister to be more proactive regarding bringing about more stability in the Middle East. Whether it will do any good, I'm... I don't know. You know, that's questionable. Uh, the Chinese are usually not easily to pressure and not open to being uh, pressured by particularly by Western countries. But I think that era of stabilization, which we saw, which began uh, with the San Francisco meeting between President Biden and President Xi Jinping, that era of stabilization will probably develop. And neither the United States uh, nor the other uh, members of the Western world nor China seem to be in the mood to continue its uh, very uh, tense relations of the recent past. Relations are not good, they're still tense, but they were much worse a year or two ago. So we have seen a certain stabilization of the relationship between the Western world and China. And I would hope that the Munich conference contributes to a continuation of that uh, relationship, which has improved a little bit in the last few months. Mm, and aside from the Middle East, though, Professor, security issues in the Indo-Pacific, including Taiwan, of course, will likely be raised on the back of China's perceived increased aggression in the region. So what can uh, Wang Yi expect to face when it comes to these issues? He will, of course, be asked to uh, be less aggressive and assertive regarding Taiwan. He will be asked to accept the new Taiwanese uh, president who will come into office uh, soon and not to um, intimidate Taiwan with overflights, with military maneuvers, with other pressures, economic pressure perhaps, which uh, the Chinese may think of putting on Taiwan. Um, that clearly will, uh, will be on the agenda, whether it will do any good, we don't know, because China and Wang Yi know, of course, already uh, the mood of the Western world and what the Western world thinks about China's policy towards Taiwan. There's one, one other point, if I may sure. say that, uh, because many um, uh, international defense companies and uh, defense manufacturers will also be represented, at least on the sidelines of the conference. And I think one ambition is to streamline the European defense industries to make them more efficient so that they can actually produce more weapons and ammunition in a more effective time span, in a shorter time span. And I think that will also be an important point that will be discussed. EU Commission President von der Leyen will soon publish a plan for streamlining the European defense industries. And I think that plan will already be on the table, at least in a draft version, and uh, uh, politicians and uh, defense officials will definitely uh, discuss that to make some progress with the very diverse European defense industries, right? 
right now because at the moment every nation basically has its own defense industry which is not very efficient uh, uh, in order to produce ammunition and uh, weapons as uh, quickly and as cheap uh, as possible and i think that will be an important point to be discussed Professor Laris, with a very complex um, global security situation that will no doubt be reflected in the way business is conducted at the Munich conference, what are your expectations with regards to the outcomes of this conference? Well, I hope the spirit of Munich, uh, a spirit of engagement will prevail, that when politicians leave and go back to their home countries, that they got to know their counterparts in other parts of the world, perhaps less friendly parts of the world, a little better, and can perhaps more easily pick up the phone to talk about crisis situations if they should uh, arise. Also, I think uh, we need to keep uh, a careful eye on the speech which Kamala Harris, the American vice president will give because the Western world is worried about uh, President Biden and his health and, uh, and age and the potential uh, new president if Biden if something were to happen to President Biden would of course be the vice president Kamala Harris so she also has to make a good impression in Munich so that everyone thinks she is or she would be a good president to step in if something should happen in Washington. And that, I think, will reassure the world. It also will reassure uh, American voters who may be watching her speech, which she will give on Friday. All right. Professor Laris, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and sharing those very pertinent um, insights with us on the Munich Security Conference that begins today. We really appreciate your perspectives. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. That was Professor Klaus Lares, Professor of History and International Affairs at UNC Chapel Hill. He's also a fellow at the Wilson Center in Washington, D.C.